So before we start the podcast, we've been having you and the Miguel and Holly fam and the Platypus Posse give us open mics to help us kick off the show. Mm-hmm. But Wednesdays are reserved for Mr. Jacob two times. That's Jacob, right. how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So guess what? I so I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So congratulations on getting engaged. Yay! With your oh, yay! Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, Jacob. Thank you. So tell me, Miguel. Um, so tell me, Miguel. Even after you get married and stuff like that, are you still going to be working with Holly? Come on, now you got (laughs) to film in on this. Well, I promise you, we're not all of a sudden going to come into a lot of money where I'm not working. Yeah. So I'll be right here. Um, if Miguel got married and then suddenly decided to stop coming to work, I would hunt him down and <laughs> hang him up by his feet and say, okay, you done with this nonsense? Get back to the studio. Yeah. Don't you worry, Jacob. I will be right here. Mm-hmm. So, okay, 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 okay. So um, anyways, Holly, guess what I might be getting for my birthday, which is a week from Thursday. Guess what I might be getting? What? I might be getting a new cell phone, so I might have your app in in. So I might have your app on my phone, though. Oh, that's great! Then you can listen to different things. Yes, then I can listen to different things. Yeah. Look at you getting on the cutting edge of technology. Well, Jacob, tell everybody what podcast you were listening to. You are listening to the Holly Podcast with the engaged Miguel Fuller, who doesn't change his last name on on one oh one five throwback Tampa Bay. Yes! I love it. Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel Fuller. I would show anything. I'd show my hee hee and my hoo hoo oh. and my ha ha. <laughs> Holly O'Connor. Hey, Daddy, you want to take this to the bedroom? <laughs> and Scotty the Body. I am officially not only the grill daddy, but I'm a hot grill daddy. Oh, wow. This is the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only from Hot 101.5, Tampa Bay's new hip music. Thank you, Jacob. Two times, you always get... Thursday or Wednesday podcast. Mm-hmm. We do them Monday, Wednesday, and Friday if we can, and we drop it usually right before noon. If you are new to the Platypus Posse, welcome. Hey, I love Platypus Posse. Yes, Platypus Posse. Platypus My mouth has been not working great today. I feel like all week my brain has just been... Um, somewhere else, like just not here. And I don't know if it's because this is the first week that we've had rain uh, happening where it's been kind of cloudy. It's been a little a little overcast. Um, and you know what? Yeah, you're right. Because for the past two days after I've picked up Maya from school, it's been drizzling. Yeah, where it's just like, ugh. But, but on a good note, I like it because it makes me feel like fall. Like yeah. Yeah. anytime it rains, it reminds me of home. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like it actually it's it doesn't put me in a bad mood usually but it does i mean it does give you less sunlight to look at in the daytime so no, i don't true. know so i've just been feeling like hey guys what's going on mm. i'm just here um scott is out this week uh he'll be back next week um i wanted to before we delve into some other stuff 
Um, say thank you to all the Miguel and Holly fan members that have sent intros yeah. through the uh, Hot 101.5 app on your smartphone where you can download it and the open mic feature. And outside of Wednesdays on Monday and Fridays, and if we ever do like a special bonus edition, then we use you to help us intro the podcast. And if you hear yourself, all you do is just email me, Miguel at Hot 101.5 Tampa Bay dot com and you get yourself a Miguel and Holly mask. Exactly, which is nice. And so, by the way, did you say how to do it? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, oh, just download the free Hot 101.5 app. I was obviously, look my mind. It was somewhere else. And she's like, what? Huh? I'm just counting the squirrels going on in my head right I now. Just, apparently, I am, get it together, woman. Okay. That's all right. That's all right. Um, so, yeah, and then make sure if you're listening on Apple Podcasts to leave a review there. So, yesterday, I was asked by the LGBTQ magazine that's distributed in Tampa, St. Pete, Orlando, and Daytona, called Watermark, mm-hmm. and usually every year I write about four columns, like once a quarter, I'll write a little column for them. And it, in the past, has been based on, like, my dating life, and then it's sort of like as Abe and I have been together, it's sort of um, chronicled our first date and just the struggles in communication at first and me getting over fears of dating and commitment, meeting family. So, like, the column has really just been our relationship. And your life. Exactly. Well, they pulled back on the columns on Watermark right when COVID happened because they were like, we got a lot of news to cover. And then with advertisers, they were like, you know, we're trying to just level things out. Yeah, no, I totally get it. So guest contributors just hold off for a second. But then they're kind of back up to normal, and that's if I'd like to write. So I wrote an article about the engagement, Mm. and I sort of talked about, and if you listen to Monday's podcast where we sort of gave you when I was on uh, Kramer's podcast where we talked about my past relationships, um, in this article, I talked about what sort of led me to this point of even being able to have an adult relationship, Mm -hmm. and it's centered around the movie Girls Trip. That's right. Which is so crazy because you're like what the hell how can the crazy movie where we met tiffany haddish and she's peeing off of a balcony on the people like and it's this, like crazy it was so good that movie was so good you got drug i got drugs at my booty house, That's a booty house. like it was booty just, house. i now i gotta watch that i gotta put that on the list of things to watch um again twice so i i've watched it so many times i know like my person will sometimes just have it on <laughs> like <laughs> Like, I'll be over, I'm like, oh, you got Girls Trip on. He's like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm yeah. like, no, I know. It's like, just one of those movies. You just have it on. The scene with the banana and Tiffany Haddish. I mean. And the grapefruit. And the grapefruit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry, that movie is so good. <laughs> so many memorable scenes in it. Uh, then the one where, like, the flossy posse Queen Latifah yes. and Jada Pinkett Smith give a little nod to the movie Set It Off, where they have the wigs and they're dancing in the club and, like, that girl. It was I, just, like, Queen Latifah is maybe one of my favorites. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I mean, I've loved her since um, Beauty Shop. <laughs> and uh, whatever. Anyway, this is not about Queen Latifah. Uh, but actually, Holly, about Queen Latifah, I believe it's on Netflix. If you're ever looking for, like, one of those comedy shows that's, like, you know, 25 minutes, mm-hmm. watch Living Single from mm. back in the day with Queen Latifah. I should. Um, and it's, like, Friends Before Friends. Yeah. It, I promise you, like, because I've seen some people since it's been on Netflix, they've been posting just, like, little funny clips. And, like, it still stands up, it seems like. Wow. So if you're looking for a comedy, look up Living Single. I think it's on Netflix. I think I need to do that. Okay. So good. Um, I, that, we digress. I know, right? So, but... 
it's a podcast, so we can do that, not yeah. like the show. Um, so in the movie Girls Trip, the main character gives this speech, and I don't want to give too much away, um, because she found out that the person she was with was cheating, and she didn't want to come clean, and she stayed with him for career sakes. And then she's giving this huge speech, and she sort of talks about her new realization on why she chose to stay in such a tragic situation. And this is sort of what my article was based on. So it's from a movie. It's from the movie Girls Trip. And so this is like somebody's video of them watching the TV in their house. So the audio is not that great. Oh, it's a little spotty. Yeah, but I'll try to um, uh, boost it up so you can hear. Okay. When I first found out, I, well, I felt a lot of things. Betrayal, anger, heartache, but mostly fear. Fear that my marriage was ending and that I would be alone. And I was terrified of that. So terrified that I was willing to stay with someone who betrayed my trust. So terrified that I was willing to accept being treated as less than I am. And I know I'm not alone in this. I know that there are a lot of us who stay in bad relationships because we have convinced ourselves that being disrespected is better than being alone. But we shouldn't fear being alone because there is power in rediscovering your own voice. And I'd forgotten that. I forgot that years before I was Stuart's wife, I was Ryan. A girl with her own ambitions and her own dreams. But luckily, my girls, my girls reminded me of that. They reminded me of my own worth. Damn right. And that there was a time that I didn't fear anything. No one has the power to shatter your dreams unless you give it to them. Boom. I remember the first time I watched Girls Trip, like, you know, we had been laughing hilariously and we got to this scene and like, I just remember tears coming down my face because I'd just gone through a breakup and I was just being a little crazy and single and wild and, you know, just trying to like, get my grounding again and I just remember watching this scene and all my friends were looked at me and they were like oh girl what's going on are you okay right because that resonated with me so much about what I was looking for in a person that I was trying to find this happiness this um uh piece of uh peace that I was looking for and when I through someone else through someone else and then when I finally realized that like Bitch, you can only find that with yourself. Like, you cannot get that from someone else. And the moment that you realize that you cannot find happiness from someone else, that you've got to find it within yourself, it totally changes the way that you look at dating. Yeah. And even, you know, because we're human and we have lapses. And so, especially at the beginning of our relationship, there would be times where something wouldn't go as planned. You know, Abe traveled for work the first year we were together, and maybe he would, like, miss a weekend doing something, and I would get so upset, and I'd have to be like, wait a minute, I'm not upset because you're not here. 
I'm upset because I'm expecting you to like come and bring this joy to me and to make me happy when like I need to find that within myself. It's that's that's hard uh, a hard lesson. It is. Though. It is. So I just that was my article where cuz I feel like I've had a lot of people friends and and you and the Miguel and Holly fam that have slid up in the DMs because it's been lonely if you're single during mm. the pandemic. And especially if you've, you know, gone the extra route or maybe you're like immunocompromised and you don't want to go out to the clubs or to the bars or restaurants and you don't want to go on dates because you want to keep social distance, it can seem really lonely. Yeah. And so that's why I was like, well, find something for yourself that you can do by yourself to sort of better your life and, and where you are. So when we do come out of this, you can be like, oh, my God, I got a promotion because I worked really hard or I got some extra certification or I bought my first house because I ended up saving money and I got with a financial planner or whatever that looks like. Find something where you can enrich your life. Mm. So when we're out of this and you feel OK with dating again, you're like, girl, I'm good. I don't need you. Like, it's great if I have you and you add and you compliment to what I have. But I'm not depending on you for that. Right. That's always the big, it's, it's probably the biggest rule of dating. But what happens is like our bodies are almost counterintuitive to that because you meet someone or you go on a date and suddenly you like pin all these hopes and dreams on this person. Right. Because that's like the training that we get mm -hmm. as kids. Right? right. Like, I mean, any movie or happy ending or whatever, they sort of paint this picture where it's um, like... You're searching for your other half. Mm. And you have to deprogram that. And that's tough. How do you do that with your daughter? Because I do feel like that sort of mentality is what was so harmful for me because I didn't have any examples of marriage growing up. I mean, my mom was single and she dated guys here and there. My grandmother was already always divorced. Mm -hmm. um, my grandfather never had a, a wife or a girlfriend. It was sort of, you know, a couple women here, a couple women there. Yeah. So I never really saw that dynamic of a real relationship, just movies. And I remember people may, I remember being made fun of in middle school because I used to watch like Sweet Valley High and Save by the Bell. And I'd be like, well, I need to learn how to date when I'm allowed to go on dates. Yeah. Nobody really gives you guidance. I was talking to my person actually about this. What um this is interesting. When we didn't have this conversation that long ago, um, I was like, did anyone ever cause okay, so his parents are together mm -hmm. and have been together his whole life. Right. But he was in a previous marriage. That obviously didn't work out. Um, and I'm like, tell me, because that's a different than my background, right. different than yours. Mm -hmm. My parents got divorced when I was about nine mm. or ten. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, my mom got remarried. My dad didn't. But so I had a different worldview. We all do. Right. But so I was like, so I'm going to pick your brain. So you had parents who have always been together, kind of like Abe, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, at some point, did they sit you down and tell you what to look for mm. or how to make a marriage work? Or were they just parenting by example? Like, right. did they give you any guidance? He's like, no. No. None whatsoever. I was like, good to know right. that I wasn't missing out by not having that. Because <laughs> even the parents that had it together, I, I feel like they aren't always prepared to, like, 
give out how we made it work, you know, right. or what should you look for? So it's like, because I didn't either. The only thing that, and I've said this in previous podcasts, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but like the only thing that my mom ever told me was you better get a career and support yourself first. Mm. And of course, I'm pretty sure she gave me this information like right after the divorce because I was coming of age at that right, point. Right. And like, you know, throughout that time. So, um, you know, my big piece of advice that was like hammered in was you get a career, you get a job, you make your money so you can always support yourself. And then if you have a relationship, that's the bonus. Right. It's great. The end. But see, even with that, if you have a relationship, that's a bonus gives me no instruction on how to have a relationship. No, how to communicate, how to live daily and compromise because and all figure of our out life. Have no idea. Right. They were obviously mine failed. Right. You know, your mom failed with that. Mm-hmm. Even persons uh parents, I feel like they have had struggles and I'm sure, but to probably didn't tell their kids about them. Right. And said, "Oh, do this, don't do that. So here's what we did." Nobody's parents knew how, I think, in that generation of how to tell their kids how to have successful relationships. It's sort of a new era where we are learning how to do this and then spreading the word. Even those kind of movies like Girls Trip, like putting it out there. So I find all of it interesting because it's like none of us are told what to do while we're dating. Mm -mm. And when I say none, I'm sure that some people's parents were like the knight, the white knight that were like, yes, here's what you look for. Mm-hmm. Like for the pat for like the most of my twenties or whatever or dating life in general, I was just trying to find somebody hot. <laughs> I'm gonna be totally honest. I felt like if I could snag a hot guy, I won. Mm. And was that like the only thing that you were looking for? Was yes. was that your only qualification? Yes. Is mm-hmm. are they hot? Because I didn't date in high school, mm. and so then by the time I got to college, as we read Holly's college diary on the air, right? I was looking for a hot guy because if I could find a hot guy, that meant that I was worth something. Mm. And where did that come from? Media, TV? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Because I mean, like, well, think about it. All popularity. the popularity. Well, remember, like, that big um, cavalcade of teen, teen movies, movies when we were coming up? Everything was about catching the hot guy, catching the hot girl. Yes. Sometimes the lesson was the hot person's never what they're all ca- caught up to be, but... You don't remember that even, lesson. No, and even the ones that weren't supposed to be like the hot one, right. they were like the nice one. They were still freaking hot. Right. Like, what was that? She's all that. Rachel Lee Cook, when yes. she was like, she's the nerdy one. Bitch, she was hot as fucking him overalls. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she was like the hot art chick. Like, art chicks didn't look like that when we were in high school. No, they did not. Like, I'm sorry. When we were in high school, ain't nobody knew about makeup and shit. <laughs> all these 15-year-olds now that look like they're Kardashians, I'm like, girl, I look like a dumpy piece <laughs> of clay until I was about 19 years old. So y'all can have all the seats. So anyway, it was like they put the focus on the wrong thing. And aside from like looking for a hot guy, I also wanted um, someone that made me feel good about myself mm. or like made me feel good or or um, made me laugh. Right. I, I knew to look for guys that were funny because mm-hmm. I like funny people. I'm I consider myself kind of funny sometimes. Whatever. <laughs> so I was like looking for those things. But nobody re- like I'm sure we heard it went in one ear and out the other lessons about communication Val, I don't remember ever hearing anything about values. Well, when they said communication, they just said communicate. But what exactly does that mean when they say communication and, and communicate? Why is understanding not 
wrapped in the bundle of communication. Right. You can communicate all you want, but if you don't understand what the other person is saying. It's lost. It's gone. Totally gone. Um, and this is and this is what I will say. I mean, I got married even before I knew all this shit. Um, and, and it's not the fault of someone who didn't try in that case because so I'm Catholic and we were like, I would say I was more into Catholicism then, but more so even still for my mom because she's like, well, you have to get married in the church. That was, it wasn't even a question. It was just, mm. this is what you're going to do. So I didn't even think to be, you know, the, I, it just wasn't even an option for me to go outside of that at the right. time. Um, but when you get married in the Catholic church, they make you go through um, an eight-hour class called Precana where um, there is a, a happily married couple who gives you, like, life advice. And also they give out, like, docu- Like, they do try to do that where they try to tell you about in what different ways are you connecting with this person. And then after that eight-hour class in which you have to have a certificate afterward, mm-hmm. you then have to go to the church and take a test oh, to wow. see in what areas you're compatible and where you're not. Mm, gotcha. I'm telling you, and I was 27 or 28, so I'm not like 19. Right. But still, we went through all that stuff. I remember, I, I don't remember actually a single thing about that eight-hour day other than the fact that we were going to be late and it stressed me out. Mm. So I was stressed out about that, and then I remember them talking about like some natural form of birth control, and I was like, oh, girl, I ain't, going, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> That, but then when we took the test, I remember being so nervous because I was like, I guess it was something in the back of my head that said, you know, you're not that compatible with him, but you have to make it seem like you are. Otherwise, what if they don't let you get married? Like to me, I was just trying to get through those things to get to the marriage part. Like, was that an actual conscious thought? If you can try to remember back then where you were like, I don't think this is the right decision. It was sort of like I said, like it was like a little... This was before I knew how to listen to my intuition mm. or my gut or if I I was very arrogant at that time because I thought I could do anything, which is kind of a good thing in some aspects of life. Right. Um, and as we go through my diary, I see that version of myself where I was like, I ain't putting up with shit. I can mm. do whatever I want. Blah mm-hmm. blah. You have that when you're young. It's very, it's sort of almost like instilled in you to make sure that you can get yourself out into the world and do anything. But when it comes to relationships, that's not a good quality. Right. And let me tell you why. So I had that little, little niggling thought in the back of my head where it was like, they put you in different areas. So he's at one end of the room taking this test. I'm at the other. And I, I don't know if it was conscious or subconscious, maybe partly conscious because I remember it, but I was like, I have to make sure that we look compatible on this test because I guess I did know that there were many areas in which we were not, but I thought in my arrogance at that time, it didn't matter because I can compensate for those. Mm. Does that make sense? Right. So, uh... When it and I remember getting the results of this test, and they did have some like red flags, and one of them was finances slash money, which I knew already was an issue. Right, I already knew that. So going in, I don't, I may, I I don't remember. I may have tried to fudge some of my answers. Mm. Um, I know he didn't. He just was taking the test. Right. Um, and I remember that being like one of the points that this priest then came and sat down with us and was like, "Well, this is going to be an issue in your relationship." And I just remember thinking, no, it's not. I can handle it. I'll handle it. 
And did you ever talk to your ex-husband about what you were going to quote unquote handle? No. You were just like just, in your mind, like I will make this where I will yes. prop this up yeah. by knowing that I can do all this stuff where we are deficient. Yes. And what's crazy is that I didn't see anything wrong with that. Mm. Nothing. I was like. You were ready to head into a lifelong partnership. Yeah. Knowing that you're not fully 100% partners. Yes. Because I thought I was so sure of my own capabilities, probably because I was like had been told you can do this all on your own. You get all together. I always knew that I'd be okay. So I'm like, I can help somebody else out. Whatever. And we never had a conversation like about that stuff. We never had any deep conversations. That's another thing that was probably a red flag. I don't remember if it was my mom or my dad who was asking me about my ex-husband before we got engaged. And she's like, I'm sure you guys have like, you know, long talks and deep stuff and all that. And right away I was like, no, we don't. But again, like I, that's fine. Mm. I don't, I don't need that. Knowing full well, I did need that. But like, I just felt like, I don't know. I, I can't really understand. I'm kind of emotional about it. Like I can't understand why I thought that was okay. I don't, I don't really know why I thought it doesn't, this part, I'm just going to fudge it because it doesn't matter. I don't know. I think if I were to put on my Dr. Fuller hat, oh, <clears throat> I would guess that you did not value yourself. And so you thought all this surface level stuff is okay. I can compensate for it because... I remember back then when we used to talk about, like, you know, if we quit radio, what would you do? And you were like, I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, well, I would do this and I would do this. Mm -hmm. And you never have been able to find your footing on who you are as a person. Oh, okay. I, fi I just connected it. Thank right? you. Right? And so I think yep. you so devalued yourself that you were like, well, I really don't need to make space for myself in this relationship and my wants and needs. Because he's hot, I waited until I was in my late 20s to get married. We've dated for the proper amount of time. Mm -hmm. We're going to have the proper church wedding. So all of these, like, superficial check boxes or boxes you were just checking. Right. But you never got to, like, what serves Holly O'Connor? Why is this good for you? Because I didn't even know who she was. No, you didn't. And that's why... Back then, like, you didn't have any close friends outside of your college friends because you were like, I got to check all these boxes, but never the ones for myself. Right. Right. Just for this relationship and for society. Thank you for that because it the the gap was bridged. With my current knowledge, sometimes you get lost in the weeds, but so mm -hmm. it's my current knowledge now from, you know, therapy for a long time and life happening yeah. and just gaining wisdom as you get older has now finally connected to that time. And what I've learned in therapy, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, is that I grew up codependent um, in an enmeshed family where I was trained, not even consciously. It's not like, like my mom, you know, was a good mom, especially when she was, um, when I was a little kid. But as I grew up, um, the fault that she had, not on purpose, although I, some would say that's me, you know, um, making excuses Makes, for her. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was all about her needs. Mm. 
Like, I could do what I wanted as long as everything she needed was taken care of first. Right. And, I mean, that's how I grew up my entire childhood. Mm. So what I learned was if you love someone, you put them first. Mm. Way before yourself. And I had done that for my whole life for so long, I had no idea who I was. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what my needs were, how to address them. Never mind going about, like, you know, getting them satisfied. Mm-hmm. I just didn't even know that they existed. So, yes, thank you for that bridge bridge the gap right there. So while we were going through all that pre-wedding stuff, I cared so little for myself and knew so little about myself that I had done exactly what, quote, unquote, I was supposed to do, and I found someone who wanted to marry me. That was hot. Uh, at the, you know, that's what I thought. And um, whatever. So I'm not going to be like, hey, he's so hot. Like, obviously, we're divorced now. So, you know, but he was a good looking guy. So Mm -hmm. I was like, that's all I need. Right. I'm valued now. This person chose me. That's all that matters. I'm good. So I just pushed all of that aside and didn't make space for it. Even if people may have mentioned it to me because I was like, I didn't even know my blinders were on to my own needs because I didn't know I had any. Mm. So that's what happened. And I don't even remember exactly where the beginning question was or where we started with all this. But that relationship set my life into a different direction. And I finally, in the past like year and a half, have like untangled who I am and like my the door was like busted open and I had to take a good look at like why am I the way that I am why is this there are these various things in life happening to me what can I do I feel like I'm out of control and so um it's interesting because I'm having a conversation with a friend today that I met while I was married back in like 2011 and our friendship has changed very much but I don't even think she realizes I'm not the same person and it's not a, it hasn't been really until like the last two years that I even know who I am and right. what I like and what my passions are outside of things that other people have told me I should do. So um, if you're in that space, living in that space and you're trying to make it work in a relationship, you're spinning your wheels. Yeah. You probably you may be able to salvage a relationship like if there's, you know, different things like we didn't have anything in common. My ex-husband and I, we just didn't. No. Like some things I, I liked because he was spontaneous and he has this um, way of always looking for the fun in life, which at the time I was like, I'm, I get broody and, and depressed a lot. So he balances me out. That's something that makes sense, right? No. Mm-mm. He's just a superficial person. And right. I say that without any malice or anything. He... He doesn't concern himself with things that are, like, super deep and doesn't like to get into all that, probably because he has his own unprocessed trauma, but that's another story. However, I do need to do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not that we were a balance. It's that I was ignoring stuff so that he could, that, like you said, when you finally found Abe, you were trying to use Abe in the beginning to make yourself feel better. Right. And not addressing your own internal needs. Mm-hmm. So that's why that marriage did not work out. He probably still doesn't really know why it didn't work out. Right. And would give you a lots of different other reasons, which he would be valid in some of those other reasons. I mean, I was no saint. Um especially towards the end when I believe that I lost my mind. Um because having a kid will do that to you sometimes. But 
I also feel like I finally know now. Like that movie clip. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just takes, sometimes it takes something a little shocking or something crazy in life or just hearing that and really connecting to it for whatever reason um, to to figure it out, like to turn the light bulb on. Well, and I think that there are different things that lead you to that where you have that light bulb where you're like, holy crap, like what am I doing? And then you see how like the universe was just leading you towards that conclusion and was sort of preparing you to be ready to sort of open up your eyes and say, wait a minute, you thought life was this way, but hold up, I'm about to fuck your shit up because it's different. But that's the thing. Sometimes we get nudges, and I, I there's been a lot of books written about this, I'm sure, but, like, sometimes you get little nudges, like probably I did with that, the wedding test and things right. like that, where maybe that was the universe trying to nudge me into the direction of, like, hey, do you even know who you are? Right. And, of course, I just plowed through and was like, no, I'm good. Um, and it takes such, like, some crazy shit to, like, knock you really down to have to take a look at yourself. Because and- you're so, like, I was just so strong-willed. I am. Like, I'm a really determined, strong-willed person. And I'm just like, I can do anything. That's right. part of my trauma, by the way. But until you somehow are forced to take a really good look at yourself, it doesn't often happen. And that's, some people go through life and it never happens for them. True. And it, it's scary. It's scary oh, to yeah. like. Oh, yeah, you don't want to do that shit. No, it's it's not fun and it's scary when you have to dig down and truly, you know, see that. I do that all the time whenever I'm doing sort of prep for the show and I'll run across a, you know, here are the four signs that you know you're with the one that you should be with. And in previous relationships, I'd be like, that's stupid. I'm not looking at that list because I knew that I was in that relationship for all the wrong reasons. And now I force myself. There's always like a little bit of panic. I'm like, oh my God, the first one's going to describe what I'm doing wrong. And then I'm like, okay, good. Now we do communicate. We understand. Da, 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 da. But you got to do that in order to make sure that you're living and you're getting the most out of your life mm. and that your person is getting the most out of their life. And then you two can come together. Holes, by the way. You exactly. come together as two whole people, not absolutely, half. Absolutely. And then you can have a really good fucking time. Yeah. Well, that's the podcast for the day. Holly, what's yeah. your social media? Uh, Radio Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And what's Scott Tavlin's? S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N on all the things. And you can find me, Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R on Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and Facebook. We will see you next time. Bye, girl. Catch up up with the previous episodes of the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast from Hot 101.5. Just hit up the Hot 101.5 app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Search Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Uncensored.